Hi, everyone. On this week's episode of That's the Tea, I'm discussing the deaths of Prince Philip and DMX, Brenda Song and Macaulay Culkin becoming parents, former Bachelor Colton Underwood coming out as gay, and Olivia Rodrigo's upcoming debut album. Plus, more stories on Henry Cavill and Casey Musgraves both in new relationships, and Justin Bieber talking about his marriage with GQ. What's the latest with Matt James and Rachel Kirkconnell? Then I'm talking about Taylor Swift's newest album, Fearless, Taylor's version with my cousin Emma. Last, recaps of movies and TV shows because I watched a ton this week. Godzilla vs. Kong, The Trial of the Chicago 7, Avengers Endgame, Virgin River, Mass Singer, and For Real, The Story of Reality TV. Keep on listening for all the tea. What's up, guys? Welcome back to That's the Tea. I am so excited to be here for yet another exciting episode. This was honestly a pretty boring week. I didn't do anything. I did do a lot of retail therapy this weekend, though. I just really needed a ton of new spring clothes. Every single time I left the house, I was complaining that I had nothing to wear, which is just so typical. But now I've done a lot of damage and I feel really good about all my new clothes. But honestly, there's just so many things that I want to talk about. So let's just dive right in, shall we? Starting with the big news from last week, Prince Philip dies at the age of 99 sad news. I mean, we all kind of saw this coming. I don't want to say like, you know, we expected this, but he has been sick for a little while now. He's been in and out of the hospital. He was 99. He lived a great, fulfilling, long life. Husband to the queen, the longest reigning monarch. Obviously, this is very sad. Honestly, I just hope that the royals are all doing okay. I hope the queen is okay. There were a lot of questions about whether or not Harry and Meghan would be at the funeral in London. And Harry did fly to London for the funeral and Meghan did not. Apparently, her doctor told her not to because of her pregnancy. Plus, she probably didn't want to go anyway, so it was a perfect excuse. I wonder what the vibes are like between him and the rest of the family now because... You know, the tell-all with Oprah just recently came out and now they're all getting together and acting like everything is okay, but they're all in mourning together, so I'm sure things aren't too tense between them right now. They have other things to focus on, but just super sad. Hope the Queen and the rest of the Royals are all doing okay. The other sad news was that rapper DMX dies at the age of 50. He had a heart attack last week and then a few days later he passed away in the hospital. He was the father to 15 children, so I hope uh, all his kids are okay. This is very sad news. He was only 50 years old. Thoughts and prayers to the whole Simmons family. Honestly, I just wanted to start off the episode with the sad news about the deaths because hopefully the rest of the episode will be more positive and uplifting and let's get the sad news out of the way first, you know? But although this is a death, I wouldn't necessarily consider this super sad news. Um, that sounded messed up, but Bernie Madoff, the former scammer, finance guy, whatever you want to call him, the fraudulent man, he died in prison at the age of 82 this week. So there's that. And also, while we're talking about prison, rotten old men, um, Harvey Weinstein apparently is going blind and lost four teeth in prison. And I saw some outlet posted about this on Twitter and <laughs> the comments and replies were just so funny and I added one to a gif like watching karma happen and I just don't feel bad for him and this is kind of funny to me honestly but you know what they say someone dies someone is born whatever that saying is honestly I don't feel like looking it up right now but We had a couple of deaths, but we also had a couple of baby news. The biggest one this week is that Brenda Song and Macaulay Culkin welcomed their first baby together last week, a baby boy named Dakota, named after Macaulay's late sister, which is just a really sweet tribute. Everyone always forgets that these two are together because they're very, very low-key and kind of private. But I weirdly love them together. You know, London Tipton and Kevin McAllister, two iconic characters from my childhood, you know? And also, I went on a whole Instagram, not a rant, but 
posting all these stories because every time I think of Brenda Song, I can't help but think about how she dated Trey Cyrus and they had the messiest relationship dated on and off for like seven years. There were tons of rumors about a pregnancy back in the day. Then she started dating Macaulay Culkin in 2017. So they've been together for, you know, over three years now, which is great. I think that they're such a cute couple, but I do have to say that in 2018, after they broke up, her and Trey Cyrus, he did come out with a song called Brenda. It's weirdly catchy and it just is hilarious and makes me die. I'll, I'll give you guys a little snippet if you want. I just think that it's so funny that he has a song called Brenda and that they dated in general. The last thing that I have to say about Trey Cyrus is that he is responsible for giving us the iconic bop that is Shake It by Metro Station. And I did not know this until recently, but Shake It is Trey Cyrus, aka Miley Cyrus's brother, and Mitchell Musso's brother, aka Oliver Oaken from Hannah Montana, his brother and Miley Cyrus's brother formed Metro Station, gave us that iconic song, Legendary. Love that song, still goes hard. And we just have to thank Hannah Montana for bringing these two families together and serving up the content we need. But this isn't about him. Speaking of London Tipton, Ashley Tisdale, another icon from Disney Channel back in the day, welcomed her first baby with her husband the week before Brenda Song did. So now Maddie and London from Sweet Life had their babies back to back, which I just love. You know, that is just so cute. Last little baby news. Um, I don't watch Vanderpump Rules, but I do like know slash keep up with the cast. Brittany and Jax welcomed their first baby this week a baby boy Cruz Michael Couchy and I always forget that his last name is not Taylor because you would just expect it to be you know also just a little update for anyone who is a fan of the Met Gala the 2021 Met Gala will take place September 13th 2021 just very exciting. I love the Met Gala. I love seeing everyone's looks, who's invited, who goes with who. We obviously didn't have one last year, but this year it won't be the first Monday in May, which is crazy. I'm not complaining. At least we're still getting one. They're still having it. So very excited to see what that will be like. The next big news this week is that former Bachelor Colton Underwood comes out as gay. On Wednesday morning, he spoke to Robin Roberts from Good Morning America and came out. And I'll let you hear what he said in his own words. I've ran from myself for a long time. I've hated myself for a long time. And I'm gay. And I came to terms with that earlier this year and have been processing it. And he did receive a lot of support from former Bachelor Nation members such as Chris Harrison and some girls from his season so far nothing from Cassie but he did say this about being on The Bachelor he said I thought a lot about this too do I regret being The Bachelor and do I regret handling it the way I did I do I think I could have handled it better I wish I wouldn't have dragged people into my own mess of figuring out who I was I genuinely mean that and he also said that without the women of his season and the Bachelor franchise, he doesn't know if this would have ever come out. So it is kind of a good thing in a way. And then he had a little message to Cassie, his ex-fiance from the show. Or actually, they never actually were engaged. They just dated. I forgot about that. But they broke up last year. Then she filed and dropped a restraining order against him for stalking her. He said to Cassie, I would like to say sorry for how things ended. I messed up. I made a lot of bad choices. And he also said that he was in love with Cassie, which only made things harder and more confusing for him. He said that obviously he had an internal battle going on, which is clear. And I'm sure that brought him into some dark times. I mean, clearly, I don't know. I'm just happy for him for finally coming to terms with who he is and being proud and happy of that, which is always a good thing. I hope that Cassie is okay with this all because he did 
stalk her for a period of time, which is definitely scary. Hopefully that was all just because he was in a really dark, dark time in his life. He did say also that he used to try to pray the gay away and he thought that being cast as the bachelor was God taking away the gay from him, which is just so heartbreaking. And there has been a clip going around from his season of The Bachelor. He was talking to Billy Eichner, who is hilarious gay comedian, I guess you could call him, com- comedian actor. And Billy's talking to him and he says, you know, I'm gay, obviously. And you know, maybe that's something you should try out. Maybe you're the first gay bachelor and we don't even know it. And it's just so uncomfortable watching now because he was right. And, oh, it's just so uncomfortable. You know, Colton was just sitting there across from him like, am I? I am like, oh, just sad. But I'm happy for him that he's happy now. In other news, my queen, Olivia Rodrigo, announced that her debut album, Sour, is coming out May 21st. I did tell you guys last week that it would be called Sour, so, you know, you should have not been surprised when the news dropped. But Sour sounds like the perfect name for this album because <laughs> some of these song titles just have sad, bitter, heartbroken written all over them. And I'll read you the track list. We have brutal traitor driver's license one step forward three steps back deja vu good for you enough for you happier jealousy jealousy favorite crime hope you're okay so it does kind of end on a positive i guess but you never know because (laughs) driver's license doesn't sound like a bad song or not bad but doesn't sound like a heartbreaking song but you hear it and it really is so i'm so excited for this album i wish her all the success. I think she's so talented. I also had no idea that she was the main character on Bizardvark on Disney Channel. Like, literally did not even know that. She was on a TV show with Jake Paul on Disney Channel, and sometimes we all just need to know that, okay? Also, High School Musical, the musical, the series, that's such a long name for a show, but I do feel like I have to say the whole thing. The show does come back the week before on May 14th, so perfect timing for some publicity. Who knows? We shall see. She also had a great Instagram story the other day. She got a parking ticket and she posted a picture of it and she was like, damn, this driving shit isn't all fun and games. I just love her and I think that she's so funny and talented and amazing and gorgeous. (laughs) Moving on, the next story is just an average story, but it had a funny little twist in it that I wanted to mention. So Henry Cavill went public with his girlfriend, Natalie Viscuso. So Superman has a new girlfriend. Superman is off the market. He posted a picture of the two of them playing chess and they were playing chess on a sickening Game of Thrones chess set, which I didn't even notice until my best friend Joe pointed it out to me. His girlfriend is just a seemingly normal, non-famous girl. But the one thing that I wanted to mention is that she was on an episode of My Super Sweet 16 back in the day. And I just find that so hilarious. Who would have thought that Superman and an MTV Super Sweet 16 girl would have ended up together? I think that's honestly, anything can happen. That's just amazing. But speaking of new relationships, Casey Musgraves has a new boo. She was spotted cozying up next to Gerald Onuoha. He practices internal medicine at HCA Healthcare in Nashville. She also posted a selfie of them on her Instagram story and I'm happy for her. I love her. I think she's amazing and he looks like a cutie, probably a smart, successful doctor amazing but yeah i've been waiting to see who she was gonna date next after her divorce from singer-songwriter rustin kelly that only lasted about two or three years and i can honestly say i was not expecting a doctor but kind of kind of like that for them justin bieber was on the cover of gq magazine and he had a lot to say about marriage He said that the first year of marriage was really tough and Haley pulled him out of some really dark times. He also said that he was always compelled to get married. He said, I just felt like that was my calling, just to get married and have babies and do that whole thing. He also said the first year of marriage was really tough because there was just a lot going back to the trauma. There was just a lack of trust. There were all these things that you don't want to admit to the person that you're with because it's scary. You don't want to scare them off by saying, I'm scared. 
he didn't go into any further detail, but one can assume that this could be about his substance abuse issues that he's had in the past. I'm happy that he seems to be doing okay now and that Haley was able to pull him out of these dark times. I think that they are such a cute couple. I think that she is everything. She's smart. She's funny. She's just so fashionable, a model, and I love them together. I really don't follow either of them, but I just think that they're both a great, great couple. As for some Kardashian news, this week Addison Rae, the TikToker, was on Keeping Up, and I did not get to watch it, but I did get to see a bunch of clips, so it's basically the same thing these days, right? So she was on, and that is a big deal because not a lot of their friends make it to the show. It was also hilarious because Scott and Kim and some of the other family thought that Addison and Courtney were hooking up, which is hilarious. And Addison was like, no, it's funny that that's what the impression was. Like, definitely not. Then everyone minus Kylie and Courtney took Addison out to, to a lunch and they basically interrogated her. So Chris, Scott, Kim, Chloe, and Kendall all went to lunch with her and they were like interrogating her and questioning her and then they just wanted to know more about her and they thought that she was like really sweet and that they might have a big age difference but they are good friends and it Courtney said that it's a real friendship and their energies just align which is just such a Courtney thing to say but yeah I thought that that was funny and we finally got some insight onto that friendship but speaking of Courtney Travis Barker got a new tattoo right above his nipple that says Courtney and yes this is a big deal because they've only been dating a few months but also when Travis Barker gets a tattoo it's not a big deal because he literally is covered in them from head to toe so I'm sure if something happened to them he'll just cover it with something else just insane a little sports news for anyone who cares. This weekend was the Masters and Japanese Hideki Matsuyama won. And this is just a huge deal because it's his first time. And I heard that it could lead to like a billion dollar worth of deals for him. So congrats to him. This is amazing. Okay, the next bit of news is not that exciting, but if you are a Bachelor fan, then it will be exciting for you. So last week, I mentioned that Rachel and Matt were spotted together in New York City, and we have an update. So shortly after that, this girl, Grace, came forward and was talking to Reality Steve, and she said that basically her and Matt used to talk before The Bachelor, and they basically had romantic friendship is what she called it, and... It was never anything serious, blah, blah, blah. They went on a few dates right before he got cast as The Bachelor. And then he was trying to get her to apply to be on his season. She didn't, but then she like, I guess had an interview and she didn't want to do it because she thought she was going to be the villain because she knew him beforehand and whatnot. Didn't end up making it on the show. No big deal, whatever. She said she was happy for him to be with Rachel. Like they weren't serious at all, like whatever. And then Matt was kind of sliding into her DMs a little bit more after him and Rachel broke up and whatnot. And then the other week when Rachel and Matt were spotted together, the weekend or whatever before that, he basically booty called her. She didn't use that word, but he was trying to get her to come over later at night and also invited this girl Grace to go to Miami with him. So he knew damn well that Rachel was coming to talk to him and, you know, spend time together in a few days and was also asking this other girl to hook up essentially and go to Miami together, which is just crazy. People have been mad at him about this. He's just being a typical fuckboy and I'm not surprised. And she said that he totally went on it for fame and not to find love. And are we really surprised by that either? Of course not. She did also mention that her and Rachel were in contact and they both knew about what was going on with each other and I guess they both kind of joined forces to come together and just be like, okay, bye Matt, you didn't treat either of us right, so just important to know. As for my favorite part of the week, let's jump into Song of the Week because I have a lot to discuss. So this week's Song of the Week is That's When by Taylor Swift featuring Keith Urban. Yeah, yeah. That's 
so I honestly had a hard time choosing song of the week this week because one I was still listening to Deja Vu by Olivia Rodrigo and two Taylor Swift dropped her new album Fearless Taylor's version which I will discuss most of the songs on the album are just re-recordings and songs that we've already heard and you know I didn't feel like picking a song that we've already heard again because love story Taylor's version was already a song of the week so that's when is one of my favorite vault songs it's probably that or Mr. Perfectly Fine and this one has Keith Urban which I just love and it's just so so good I think that they sound amazing together and I'm so happy that he worked with her on those songs um I will talk about Taylor Swift's fearless Taylor's version in one second but I just wanted to breeze through some new music Friday because there honestly wasn't much kiss me more by Doja Cat featuring SZA waves by luke bryan sociopath by olivia o'brien i'm fine by ash and so i lie by miguel were some of my favorites of the new music that dropped this friday now for my fearless taylor's version breakdown with my cousin emma shaughnessy Okay, so I'm joined by my cousin and fellow Swifty, Emma Shaughnessy. Hi, Emma. Hi. Do you want to give us a little introduction about you or tell us who you are or no? Um, sure. I'm Emma. I think I've been a Swifty literally all my life. So I've been waiting for this moment to come on the podcast to talk about Taylor. <laughs> that's, that's true. Me and Emma talk about Taylor Swift every time there's an album or big news or our entire TikTok DMs are just Taylor Swift TikToks. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you've probably been a bigger fan for longer than me, but I've always, you know, we've always both been like <laughs> We're yeah. we're the two designated Taylor Swift fans in the family. That is true. I don't know. I guess I've never like broke down a whole album before. Maybe I guess I'll just like read off all the all the tracks just first so we get we have them all out there. We're all familiar with them. Okay, so these are all Taylor's, Taylor's version. I'm not saying Taylor's version after every single song. Fearless, 15, Love Story, Hey Steven, White Horse, You Belong With Me, Breathe, Tell Me Why, You're Not Sorry, The Way I Loved You, Forever and Always, The Best Day, Change, Jump Then Fall, Untouchable, Forever and Always, Come In With The Rain, Superstar, The Other Side of the Door, Today Was a Fairy Tale, you all over me, Mr. Perfectly Fine, We Were Happy, That's When, Don't You, and Bye Bye Baby. Wow, that was a lot of songs. 26. <laughs> I wasn't, I was not sure if I should be expecting like big differences in the songs before they came out or not because we heard Love Story first and like there was pretty much no difference in the songs. But I mean, the biggest difference is just she is a much older, mature voice now. She's was only like 18, I think, when fearless came out and everything just sounds better like the quality everything yeah the only major difference i would say was definitely like the sound of the instruments especially in the intro i agree they were more full i guess you would say uh, in taylor's version yeah i yeah i like noticed them more Mm -hmm. i don't know if that makes sense and also i don't know off the top of my head which songs it was it they are but there's some songs where you can hear like those country instruments and I felt like I don't know if it's because we haven't heard them in so long but it just felt like I don't know they were just more present yep yep yeah they're really but overall like there really weren't that many differences she tried to keep it pretty the same pretty much the same as the original which I'm happy about yeah I'm happy it didn't lose that touch same so I guess we'll just talk about some of the songs so fearless is the first one you know it's the name of the album I did notice that like there there's little changes here and there that you notice like I think that the guitar right before the bridge is like a little bit different I don't know like there's some that are good but fearless is just you know it's the name of the album it's just an iconic song yeah I I mean I feel like since her most popular songs are played the most like fearless you belong with me you could tell that her voice is different in those. Agreed. But, like, I like how this, like, her Taylor's version sheds some light on some of her underappreciated songs, um, like The Way I Loved You. Like, yes! I don't know why, but 
I feel like this version just like makes that song more popular. I'm dying that you said that because I literally wrote that down because there's so many songs. So I wrote down the same thing. I said, the way I loved you just sounded so, so good to me on this album. Like yeah, it just it stood did. out to me. I, I don't know why. It really did. Yeah. Like there wasn't that much different about it, but it just was so, wow. That's so funny. I thought the same exact thing about that song. I would also say the same for Come In With The Rain. I don't know. Like I just listened to it more on this album. Yeah. I guess there's like I don't know, because I was only, like, 13 when this album came out. Like, we were both, like, really little. Yeah. And, or, no, I think I was only 11. I was 11. And I don't know. I wasn't listening to all of Taylor Swift's albums back then. Like, there were some songs I just completely forgot about, and that's one yeah. of them. Yeah, that's why I kind of like how she picked Fearless as her first album to release. Me too. Because there are those songs that, like, you don't – people don't really know about, but they're so good, so – yeah, I like Agreed. Yeah. There were so many songs that it was like, I felt like I was listening to them for the first time because, you know, I don't listen to them. They're 11 years old or 13 years old, whatever. And yeah. I just forgot about them in a way, I guess. Um, yeah. The song that really got me, it's always been one of my favorites though, is 15. Mm-hmm. I don't know why this song makes me emotional. Like when it came out on, you know, Friday night, Thursday night, whatever, I was literally crying. Like, I don't know. I don't know why. It just like really speaks to me. And then there's the part about like Abigail and that part just has so much more meaning now that she's divorced and they're oh still my friends. Gosh, yes. Yeah. Did you see the lyric videos? I, I watched. Um, yeah, I did watch all of them. Actually, I watched some of that. Like the, I watched some of them, but the one with 15 was like every single picture was her and Abigail when they were in high school. And it was just. I I like how she did that because it shows us like a little like pictures of her from like that she never showed us so that that was really cool the same and I just like I just love seeing Abigail that that they've been friends for this long yeah I also I don't know why I completely like never realized that today was a fairy tale was never on an album like it was only a single for the movie I never realized that and I'm glad that it was on fearless I feel like it fit in well with the album like I love that song yeah when she said she was putting 26 songs on this album I couldn't figure out what the other one was but I mean now I know it was today's fairy tale yeah that's oh such a good one yeah Um, I would say the most emotional song for me on this album well always is the best day oh especially the lyric video the lyric video too oh I agree. That song is just so cute about like your childhood and growing up and uh. Yeah. It reminds me of my mom and I. So I, like that song is. I oh, it. I didn't know that. That's cute. <laughs> and the lyric, like, especially now everything that's been going on with her mom, like mm-hmm. just seeing all those pictures and home videos were so yeah. cute. she's oh my god I loved seeing all those I love seeing people's home videos like that and especially her because you don't see that much of her personal life so seeing like childhood pictures and stuff I just loved I feel like the most we've gotten from like her childhood other than previous like videos from the best day and um I'm only me when I'm with you was Christmas tree farm yes that was like the last like big thing we got from her about her childhood that song also, like, the, the music video was just so good. So I loved good, it. Yeah. But that song is such an underrated Christmas song. I oh love it. Oh, my gosh, song. yeah. Okay, also, another song that I never paid attention to was Superstar. Oh, so good. This song is about Joe Jonas, probably, right? Superstar that she was dating? I would, I would think so. Because it weirdly, like, the intro to this song sounded like a Jonas Brothers song to me. And I couldn't put my finger on what song it was, but it sounded like a camper or something. And I was like, this is kind of freaking me out. Like, (laughs) never noticed that before. Yeah, I went through a phase where I would only listen to, like, all of her exclusive and, like, debut, uh, what's it called, deluxe version songs. So Superstar, like, I was pretty familiar with, but. Yeah, I was not. It sounded so good. (laughs) So good. Also, some of the songs like, I can't explain it. I don't know if I'm the only one that saw that, like, thought this because I didn't see anyone else say this, but some of the songs, like, sometimes it sounded like there was, like, a guy harmonizing with her in the background. I yeah. don't, do you know what I mean? Like, it sounded like there was a deeper voice with her. Yeah. I don't know. Just, like, so the songs sounded the same, but there were so many little things about all of them that just gave them a little different charm. 
Agreed. And like, I couldn't even put my finger on what specifically was different. Like some of the ones you could tell, but it was so hard to tell. Like you just sounded different and you couldn't explain why. Yeah. What were your thoughts on the vault songs? If I'm being honest, I do not know how she kept those from us all these years. Like I know. Um, Mr. Perfectly Fine is definitely like close to all too well for me now, like related to jam songs. Wow. Like I think it's so good. That is saying something. That really is. There I didn't love the last one. I think was it called Bye Bye Baby or Bye Baby? I can't even think. I didn't love that one, but I thought they were all so good. Like same thing. I could not believe that she just hid these from us. I know. And Maren Morris and Keith Urban, like so good wow (laughs) also great choice like sticking to her country roots by having Maren Morris and also like full circle moment with Keith Urban because she opened Uh up for him during this time in her life that's one with Keith Urban is definitely my second second favorite vault song from her agreed Mr. Perfectly Fine and that's when were my two favorites they oh so good yeah I wish that you could hear more of Marin Morris and Keith Urban, not yeah. in That's When, but in We Were Happy. Keith Urban is like the background vocals. Uh-huh. And Marin Morris, like they both sounded so good with her and I just wanted to hear more of them. Yeah, me too. Also, I literally just before we recorded this, I was waiting for the Love Story remix. I was like, she hasn't dropped it. It's not on the album. And then idiot me realized that it came out on the same day as you all over me but I had no idea because I was only focused on that song me too I on it I actually didn't listen to um Taylor's version the day it came out because I was so really? busy I just, oh yeah like, you I just like didn't listen to it when it came out which is so unlike me I usually like wait up till midnight to listen. if it was to a it. new album you would have yeah definitely. it was just because you've already heard it all these most of these songs before but I thought that the remix was going to be the TikTok remix just because I was expecting Uh that and it wasn't yeah I was kind of sad about that but I was happy because we never get Taylor Swift remixes we yeah we never do any other thoughts on any of the songs hit me because you you are into this stuff I really like how well I mean Colby Clay is back with yes but like she also sounded pretty different her part so that was cool I like agreed I also didn't know that she wrote the song with her yeah I thought she was yeah. just featured on it yeah that's so cool she's underappreciated we need more Kobe Kalei I agree she's been like hiding under a rock since yes. bubbly <laughs> yes <laughs> she's great though and I liked that she posted about it and then Taylor oh. reposted it shouting I her out. love um how, like, the whole Joe Jonas, Taylor Swift thing, how, like, they're still friends. And the Sophie Turner of it all. The Sophie Turner, yeah. It's so perfect, the Instagram stories. Do you think that Taylor Swift texted or called Joe and or Sophie and was like, hey, I have songs coming out about Joe. Do you think? That's, that's a really good question. I feel like they definitely talk. I don't know. I feel like they're close friends, but we just don't know how close they are. And right. They probably talked about it. I feel like if, because, you know, if she's sending his baby gifts, like in, yeah. we heard, um, if she send like, they have to be at least, you know, on good terms. And yeah, the two of them posting about each other just is was everything. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like she might have had the decency to be like, hey, not to relive old drama, but I'm putting out a song about Joe, so... That's yeah, she probably did do something like that. He's also probably one of the only exes that would get that heads up yeah yeah but I saw a lot of theories that I thought were interesting like I don't think any of them are probably true but one that I thought was interesting was first the whole 13 of it all Mm -hmm. fearless turns 13 this year it was announced on February 11th 2-11 aka 13 the album dropped on April 9th adds up to 13 and the album has 26 tracks 13 I mean you know 13 times 2 is 26 yeah and then I saw a theory that since this album dropped on 4 slash 9 it was also the fourth out of nine albums that she now owns herself so people were saying maybe the next one would be 5 9 and then 6 9 because like that's how many she owns but I don't think that's true you know in the past year I've learned to not 
like even think about Taylor Swift like theories because she's oh like we didn't know anything about um Evermore so I just like I can't I can't even think about that stuff me neither it's it's too much we're always wrong and I don't have the time or energy or patience I, I don't know what to expect I've been hearing a lot of 1989 theories okay for the next same time. and I would be fine with that I, I loved that yeah. album I've been saying this all along. 2021 is giving me 1989 vibes. I just, I don't know how to explain it. It just is. I can get on board with that. I know what you mean. I also saw a lot of people like 1989 were theorizing about her on Stephen Colbert and there was the mood board and everyone was trying to pick it apart. And like, I just, I don't have time for that. There's a picture of him from like the 80s. So people thought 89 then that's him. But then also it was, it's the same exact picture. People are like, he's probably 22 in that picture. And maybe we're getting rednecks. Like, I just can't. That's, no. That reminds me. Hey, Steven, I think sounded the most different on this yeah, album. It I was agree. very different. It was so good, though. So good, yeah. I don't know if it's just me, but, like, I never really listened to that many songs from Fearless before. Like, recently, I mean. So I feel like just... I was just reliving all these songs that I forgot yeah, about. it was exciting. White Horse, such a oh classic. Yeah, yeah. The Forever and Always, I saw a lot of people posting that one lyric, but the piano version, what, what are your thoughts? So I read about it and I just like, I don't know. I, don't, I just can't click with that, the piano version. It doesn't make me happy. Like, I me don't know. neither. I'm not a huge fan of the piano version of that song. Okay, I'm so glad you said that because I've seen so many, like, big Taylor Swift fans and they're always like, the piano version, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, no. To me, no. Yeah. I think it's just too bland. Like, it's too slow and I I just don't get excited. Which is funny because a lot of times when you hear the acoustic versions, not that it's acoustic, but, you know, you hear the slow down version of songs, you, like, love them. It's such a different version, but... I don't know. I love the sped up normal version of Forever and Always. Me too. Me too. Another song that I also like completely forgot about but loved was Jump Then Fall. Oh, so good. I like completely forgot about that. Thought it was just so good. I loved listening (laughs) to it again. Like it was the first time. Any other thoughts on the songs, the album, theories, Scooter Braun of it all? Oh, I think... (laughs) I think she had more of a purpose writing this version than she did her her original Fearless version, which, like, I don't know, just because of him, I think that it just made this, like, Taylor's version so much stronger yeah. than her it, original. It was, it had so much more, like, meaning and yeah. whatnot. I, I feel like she might do Speak Now next. I, if she's, like, on this track of her younger self, I feel like she would maybe do like her debut album or speak now but i'm kind of hoping for red next <laughs> i know i'd i'd ra- i'd rather it be like 1989 or red but it would make way more sense if she did one of the first two yeah i don't know red was like the first album like it was the first concert i went to for taylor Me too. And, like, it was the it was the changing moment when i became like a big big fan so I don't know. That would like be so cool. That was such a good tour. That was also the first concert I went to, but Ed Sheeran opened classic iconic. Um, but I remember telling people for so long that red was the best concert I ever went to. I mean, 1989 Mm -hmm. blew it out of the water, but, but, um, I remember when she was singing the song red, every time she said the color, like red, blue, whatever the, like whole arena changed to that color and it was just I remember that moment yeah. so well yeah it was so exciting I just I need a Taylor Swift concert <laughs> I need to feel that again me too what other ones have you been to 1989 reputation that's the, like it right? one of the big yeah I went to red in 1989 but my biggest regret is not being able to go or not going to reputation you know I mean it did not compare to 1989 really I don't think it can. I at always all. see TikToks of people that say Reputation was the best concert. I really don't think it was. I just I don't know how to explain. I wasn't a huge. That Reputation makes me feel fan. so much better. Reputation is definitely my least favorite album by her. So I guess Still? that's why. Yeah. Oh my god, I love that album. Like it's like top three for me. Maybe Folklore is like definitely top three for me. I think. Same. <laughs> I, I agree. Don't know how. 
Folklore was so good. And I remember texting you when Folklore came out and I was like, I'm not ready to get out of the lover era. No, I, I want that to come back. I honestly forgot about it. I want it to come back. Same. So she was supposed to do folk lover or no, no, no. It was supposed to be lover fest, right? Yeah. Just yeah. lover. And then she came out with Folklore and then everyone was like, folk lover fest whatever and then she came out with evermore and people uh-huh. were like making jokes that it was going to be folk lover more three-way festival concert or whatever and there's just i don't i'm just so curious what she's going to do about tours next because she has all these new songs and three albums that we haven't heard on tour i i don't know what she's gonna do i really don't me neither but there's I a can, ton. also like there's some songs on folklore and evermore that i can't picture in concert agreed so if like i were her, i would i would focus on the lover songs because those are like fun and hip, those are but... more like concert bops yeah yeah i just can't imagine being in a arena or stadium and just slow listening to oh, yeah, evermore no. <laughs> i don't no. know but yeah, I'm just I'm just excited. So what were your overall thoughts on Fearless Taylor's version? Hit me. I don't think it was that much different. Um, I mean, like, I like her original versions of her most popular songs, but I really like her new versions of the underappreciated songs. And I agree. The, the vault songs are so good. <laughs> so good. I'm so happy. She probably had to include new songs because otherwise it would have just been the exact same album. Yeah. So I'm glad that we got the vault songs and I'm, I'm hoping we get vault songs for all of the re-recordings. That would be great. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. at least one, I'm sure. Maybe not six, but... Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I fully agree. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm just happy to be here again, you know? Yeah, me too. <laughs> Thank you for talking about Taylor Swift with me. You're like the only person I know that appreciates her as much as me. Maybe even more so, probably. You should be my my Taylor Swift correspondent. Emma will talk about all things Taylor Swift albums with me in the future, hopefully. Of course, I would love that. Nice, nice. Okay, thank you, Emma. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy that I got to go over all things Fearless Taylor's version with Emma, but now I just want to finish out the podcast by talking about some of my other favorite things besides Taylor Swift, like movies and TV. So I watched a ton of stuff this week, and I just want to talk to you guys about them. So the first, we'll do movies. The first movie that I watched was Godzilla vs. Kong. And I have some thoughts. So I watched this with my dad and I have such mixed feelings about this movie because I've seen one or two Godzilla movies before, same one or two King Kong movies in the past, but I haven't seen the most recent Godzilla and King Kong movies before this. So I think I was just a little bit confused about like the start of the movie and the origin stories a little bit, but I don't know how to explain it. It felt like there was too much going on but also nothing going on. So Millie Bobby Brown and her crew of like three people, they had no need to be in the movie. Like they served absolutely no purpose besides discovering the Mecha Godzilla. I don't know. To me, like they just made no sense. I feel like I looked down at my phone for like two seconds and they went from Florida to Hong Kong and they weren't even on a plane. It just made no sense to me. But also at other times, it felt like there was nothing going on. Like I don't know. It was either zero or a hundred. I'm not really sure. Would I recommend this movie to people who like the Godzilla and King Kong movies and just movies about these Titan creatures? Yes. Other people, probably not, but I'm glad that I watched it. You know, another check on the list, but it was eh for me. My dad liked it and I know some of my guy cousins and friends also enjoyed it so maybe I'm not the person to be recommending this movie but the other movie that I watched is The Trial of the Chicago 7. I have been wanting to watch this for a while now and it's nominated for best picture at the Oscars this year so I convinced my parents to watch this weekend. I truly had no idea what to expect before we started the movie and I have to say I honestly loved this movie so much. I thought that it was very, very well done. It was different than a lot of movies that I watch, which is always nice and refreshing. 
The IMDb says it's about seven people who were on trial stemming from various charges surrounding the uprising at the 1968 Democratic National Convention in Chicago. If you were curious what it's about, there's a little blurb, but there's some really good people in it, big actors like Eddie Redmayne, Sasha Baron Cohen, who was amazing in it. His casting was phenomenal, just hilarious as always. Joseph Gordon-Levitt was great. Michael Keaton, there's just like some really good people in it. And I thought that it was a really good movie. So if you're one of those people that likes to watch some of the Oscar nominations before the award show, I would highly recommend this one. And last, the third movie that I watched this week was Avengers Endgame. You guys know I've been watching all the Marvel movies in order and I had put off watching Endgame for over a month now, I want to say. And with very good reason, you know, even though there is another Spider-Man after this movie and their shows, it really just feels like the end of it all. And if you haven't seen it, I'm going to spoil it. So beware if you care. I literally spent the last hour of the movie on and off crying, even though I've already seen it. I saw it in theaters. I remember that I saw it with my dad because I made us go together because I had seen all the other movies in the past with someone else and I was like, dad, we have to go see it. I've seen all the other ones mostly besides this and this is like the end. So I have to go see it. And it was so good and just so bad in the sense that I was, it was just so sad. Not bad. Sad is more the word that I was looking for, but I literally was just crying. I have so many videos (laughs) on my phone of me sobbing hysterically to Avengers Endgame and I told people that I was crying and my dad was like why were you crying and I was like I know but like listen I just watched what what is it 21 movies before this with all these people and characters and it's so sad in this one we had spoiler alert Iron Man dies Natasha Romanoff dies Captain America doesn't die but he's not coming back as the normal Captain America, Chris Evans that we know and love, he's an old man now, so obviously, you know, that's not gonna pan out well for him in the future, and it was just, oh my god, it was so sad when, when Natasha Romanoff died, I was crying so hard, even though I knew it was coming, and uh, I was just unwell, and then like, you finally start to, you know, feel okay, and then they bring back all the other Avengers that disintegrated at the end of Infinity War and I start crying again. I'm crying so hard because they all come back to fight Thanos and they're all standing there like, oh my god, and then Spider-Man and Iron Man are reunited and they're hugging and Iron Man is always the tough guy and he's like giving Spider-Man this big hug and it was just, oh my god, I literally couldn't stop crying and then, you know, Thanos does the whole I am inevitable thing and then Iron Man has the real stones and he says, and I am Iron Man, like a fucking badass that he is and then he fixes everything but he ends up dying and I was just, oh, once he said I am Iron Man for the rest of the movie, hysterical. I can't, I can't help myself, like, I watched 21 freaking movies with these people before Endgame. This was the 22nd one. Like, yes, I'm attached to them. It's just so sad. Such a good movie. I loved this movie so much. I loved Fat Thor. I thought that he's just the best. I can't wait for Love and Thunder. So kind of an end of an era. End of an era of me watching Marvel movies, even though I technically have one more Spider-Man Far From Home. And I'm thinking about starting uh what's the new show called falcon and the winter soldier on disney plus i'm probably gonna start that because i need a little marvel fix i i don't know i just love these characters and these this universe the marvel cinematic universe honestly though the moral of the story is i love you 3000 but that was it for movies moving on to tv shows i watched the mass singer as always last week we got a new wild card person it was a bulldog who ended up being Nick Cannon, who was like drastically changing his voice. And Nick Cannon hasn't been hosting because he had COVID and now he's back. And he got eliminated because Niecy Nash, the stand-in host, picked him to go home, which is new, but it was so stupid. But I'm glad that it was him and he fooled the judges and I am happy that he's back. Also, speaking of Nick Cannon, I didn't make this a story, but 
he is expecting twins his second set of twins with his girlfriend who's a dj i forget her name but little piece of info there i also finished watching sex in the city season one love that show so easy to binge and i'm mad at myself for taking this long to watch it but i feel like at 23 years old i appreciate it just a little bit more than if i watched it you know at 18 but that's just my opinion also virgin river let's discuss i watched see all of season one with my mom in literally a day and a half so so good we are addicted i'm gonna go watch it with her after this we're currently watching season two but i highly recommend it's such a good show it's very cute the scenery is everything and yeah i guess i'll talk more about it when i finish the show but we have really been enjoying it I watched it. My mom's watching it with me. My grandma has even watched it. So it's really one of those shows where anyone could like it. So definitely recommend Virgin River on Netflix. The last bit of TV that I watched is I have been watching For Real, the story of reality TV hosted by Andy Cohen. And it is so good. I'm really enjoying it. It's just bringing me back so much nostalgia about watching reality shows as a kid. This week's uh, episode featured people from Temptation Island and The Bachelor. We got Jason Mesnick and Molly. There was um, Flava Flav's show, his dating show. I forget what it was called. Flavor of Love. And then there was Brett Michaels' dating show. I just really, really enjoyed it. And if you watch any reality TV shows, I think that you would like this show a lot. I just think that Andy does a great job of talking about everything and talking they have a good group of people that they bring in every episode they have cast members they have former producers and executive producers and all these people and i find it so so interesting all different kinds of reality tv shows too like not just the bachelor and housewives and stuff like old school the og reality shows that was everything for this week thank you again emma for coming on and thank you guys so much for listening i hope you all enjoyed it please subscribe, give the podcast a five-star rating, and please just tell all your friends to listen and follow along. You can listen anywhere that you listen to podcasts, and you can follow the podcast on at that's the tea underscore podcast on Instagram and at that's the tea underscore pod on Twitter. That was all the tea for this week, and I'll talk to you guys next Thursday. Bye!